Hi friends, this is Lainey, and this is the Sweet for Certain podcast. I'm so happy you're listening. Every week, I come on here and I share a little piece of my heart with you, and I often ask a guest to do the same. Many of these people are from the incredible dog community that I have met on Instagram. Many are from my life, sometimes my family, sometimes people I met in college, but always people who inspire me and people who I admire. They are here to talk about what's important to them, and I'm here to learn from them. I hope you will too. The phrase sweet for certain comes from the Dave Matthews band song Two Step, which contains the line, celebrate we will for life is short but sweet for certain. It sure is. Let's talk about it. Hey friends, if you still haven't heard about Anchor, let me share with you, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, free to download, free to use, free to create with. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. I record all of Sweet for Certain right with my iPhone, Um, although I do need to get some mics soon, I promise. Uh, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can also monetize your podcast with no minimum listenership via Anchor, and it's just everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hi friends, this is Helena uh, Gallagher, and this is going to be a complete experiment, so if you don't mind bearing with me. Um, For this first episode, I was going to do it by myself um, and kind of talk a little bit about Lorelai and uh, getting her. That's my dog. She's a German Shepherd, and she's about a year and a half old right now, a little bit over. Um, So for this first one, we're just going to kind of talk about her, my process before I got her, and uh, what our lives look like now, and how I got so absolutely crazy and obsessed with dog training, dog theory, uh, dog ownership, and relationships with dogs. So before I got Lorelai, I was basically thinking of getting a dog at the summer or really the fall after I graduated from college. Um, I went to the University of Virginia in Charlottesville, Virginia, uh, which is also where I grew up. And I was going to wait until then to get a dog just because I wanted to have a whole summer of, you know, having one last summer after college before I started my job. Um, I wanted to get settled in a job before I got a dog. And I also was thinking I wanted to take a trip to South Africa in the summer. Um, I lived in South Africa for two summers while I was an undergrad, and it was just really important to me to go back there to see some friends and uh, just kind of close the whole university chapter of my life, Um, which leaves nothing to be said for the fact that my parents were really against me getting a dog, um, especially before graduation, and my mom was saying it would be good to be settled six months or a year into my new job after graduation, after, um, well, before I got a dog, and all of that doesn't even take into account the fact that I didn't have a job. Uh, I didn't have a job offer. I had been applying to jobs all fall, but had had really no luck um, even hearing back from people, uh, which was pretty crazy considering it was like supposed to be a really good job market and people were hiring like crazy apparently, but (laughs) they weren't hiring me. So um, I was kind of looking for a job and um, just doing my senior year thing um, up until like December and January of 2017 and 2018. So in January 2018, over break, my sister, um, who's about 15 months younger than me, so she's a year younger in school and she goes to the University of Texas in Austin, uh, had she kind of mentioned over break that she wanted to foster a dog. And my parents were already fending off me, who was saying, I'm probably going to get a dog, you know, maybe even before I go get a job. Or I wasn't actually saying that, but I'm sure that's what they were hearing. And because all this is just an aside, all I could talk about was getting a dog, what kind of dog I would be getting, you know, what it was going to be like, what all the different breed considerations were and all these things. Um, 
So my sister had talked over break about wanting to foster a dog uh, with one of her friends uh, through like the university or the local shelter in Austin. And my parents were like, no, <laughs> that's a terrible idea. You're, uh, she was a D1 rower at the time um, for the University of Texas rowing team. Um, and so as a student athlete, as a student undergrad, it was just a bad idea for her to foster. Uh, and fostering never really interested me because I saw a lot of my classmates at UVA fostering, and it was primarily pit bull and hound dog puppies. Um, and I just had no interest really in having a puppy. And it was it was definitely fun for those people, um, but I had no interest in doing that just because the idea of working with a dog that young didn't really interest me. And also, uh, I wasn't allowed to have pets at my apartment. We had had a cat uh, a couple of years back, but he ended up going to live with one of my roommate's parents, and I just thought it would be a bad idea. Uh, two of my roommates never had dogs, um, and they were all, they were fine with dogs. They did not not like dogs, uh, and they liked dogs in kind of like the trendier way that everyone seems to like dogs these days. But And then my third roommate really doesn't like dogs, um, and she's more of a cat person, or she was at the time, so... Um, I mean, she was my roommate at the time. So it was not a conducive situation for me to get a dog or to foster a dog, just like it wasn't a conducive situation for my sister to foster a dog either. She was actually living in the, a loft of an apartment in Austin. So she ended up going anyway in January of 2018 to the Austin Animal Center. And when she walked in there, uh, she saw this German Shepherd. Well, at least she thought it was a German Shepherd. Um, the dog was, she thought, a boy um, and had very little fur, had a lot of hair loss all over, was super, super skinny and super, super tall, long legs. Uh, and she asked if they could bring him out. The dog turned out to be a girl and my sister wanted to foster her. So when they went to check the dog out, basically for fostering, she was new enough to the shelter that she didn't have a name yet. And so they asked my sister to name her. And my sister pulled out a list from her phone of baby names, which if you know anything about girls, girls will often have um, a list of baby names on the notes on their phone because we're crazy. And um, so these were all human baby names. And she picked the name Lorelai, which she had on there from the show Gilmore Girls, which is a completely ridiculous name for a dog, especially this dog, but it stuck. So Neve and her friend, Elise, took off from the shelter with this dog in tow. And they knew basically nothing about her other than she, that she'd had her rabies shots done and that she was not an owner surrender from the shelter. She was actually uh, picked up as a stray or dropped off as a stray that someone found. So naturally, now that the dog needed a name, she also needed an Instagram handle. Uh, they made an account, and uh, if I remember the name right, it was living like Lorelai, I think it was. Living as, as in not living with a G, but living. Um, and I don't remember exactly why they made that the handle, but that's what it was. Uh, the Instagram started out with a picture. Uh, it said, hey y'all, I'm coming home. And my grandma was quick to comment, I love him or her. Um, she wasn't even sure which one yet, but my grandma has had a lifelong love of German Shepherds uh, after a couple that she had uh, as an adult. But the dog's coming home. I remember seeing the first pictures of Lorelai and thinking, I love that dog. And I just felt this really intense, like, not calling towards her or anything like that. It definitely wasn't a moment of seeing her and thinking, that's got to be my dog. But it was a moment of thinking, wow, if if the timing were any better, then I would totally be interested in that dog, and that dog is a lot like what I'm looking for. So to kind of backtrack and talk about what I actually was looking for, um, I had spent a lot of time in the fall considering the kind of breed that I would want, um, and I had a pretty short list. I really liked German Shepherds, of course. I had grown up uh, listening to my grandma talk about this German Shepherd, Lakota, who she had rescued from the shelter, and the Lakota was just totally underweight, um, and it took my grandma laying on the floor with her and cooking her chicken and pasta for months before 
she was eating more normally and she was just like the love, the pet love of my grandma's life. Um, she was a really, really special dog and my grandma had a lot of appreciation for the breed as being very loyal, very intelligent, things like that. I expressed interest in the German Shepherd. My mom was personally a bit scared of them and didn't think they'd be a good choice for me, but I kind of had them in my back pocket as a breed I'd be really interested in. Um, the other breed I was super interested in was the Border Collie. Uh, my dad has always loved Border Collies just because they're so smart and been interested in them. Uh, my dad's a pretty avid reader and uh, consumer of the news and things like that. And I remember in particular when we got the National Geographic, the National Geographic issue with the Border Collie that her name's escaping me now, but she knew the names of over like a thousand toys. Um, and so my dad had deep appreciation for those dogs and always thought they were very cool, um, especially as working dogs, as shepherds uh, out in the fields. So Border Collie was also in my back pocket. Um, I did really like Weimariners as well. Uh, my grandpa had a Vishla Weimariner cross uh, named Amber uh, that he spoke really highly of. I've always liked gun dogs. I've always thought they're a lot of fun and I didn't know it at the time. I now have an obsession with the GSP, uh, the German short-haired pointer, but before I definitely appreciated Weimariners and thought they were beautiful. Um, I also was considering rescuing a greyhound. Uh, I actually even bought the Adopting a Retired Racing Greyhound for Dummies book and read it cover to cover. I was just so excited by the idea of getting a greyhound. I really wanted one of the blonde ones uh, that just looked exactly like a deer and I just thought they were such charming dogs, and that obsession pretty much came from watching Jenner Marbles growing up, from the time I first got a computer on through college and beyond. She had a couple Italian greyhounds, or has a couple Italian greyhounds, and I didn't want a small dog. Um, I'd grown up with small dogs, and I just really saw myself with a big dog, partially because uh, I'd been working throughout college as a nanny for a family in Charlottesville. Uh, and raising, helping them raise a golden retriever puppy. Um, and I, her name's Josie, and I just absolutely adored working with a big dog, playing with a big dog, and I just always envisioned myself with a big dog. I loved our small dogs to death, but I liked the larger size breeds. Um, so with all that information, I was headed into trying to figure out trying to figure out exactly when I'd be getting a dog, and I was kind of wrestling with this decision in my head, too, because the breeds I've mentioned aren't super commonly found in shelters, and I was nervous also to rescue a dog for my first dog, just because of my own lack of experience beyond, you know, the limited research I'd done, the limited work I'd done with other dogs, and I felt like, I felt like maybe I would be buying a puppy and so that would mean saving up money and researching breeders and all those things. And I didn't feel quite qualified for that either. So with all of this information, I was seeing this German Shepherd puppy on my sister's social media and now on the dog's social media. So I started talking on the phone to some of my friends. Um, in particular, I spoke to my friend Maddie when I was out for a job interview um, out in Wisconsin. So... Let me let me qualify that really quickly. I had probably applied, I probably sent in applications for about 50 jobs. I got about four, three or four phone interviews. And out of those three or four phone interviews, I received one final round interview. But it wasn't actually as easy as that. I actually applied for this particular job in August. Didn't hear back for a phone interview until October. Had to take this online exam that was kind of like a basically an intelligence exam and I kind of delayed that and put it off and you know long story short my my application was finished probably in mid-November and I got a call at the end of November nor near towards Thanksgiving that said we'd love to fly you out for an on-site interview when are you available and me being the inexperienced college student that I was and having no understanding of how the job process works beyond you know half-heartedly listening to my dad and all of his advice, which I'm absolutely kicking myself for now. <laughs> Hi, Dad, as in all other parts of my life where he's given me advice. Yes, kicking myself for not following it. Um, but I said to them, well, you know, the holidays are coming up. I'm a college student. I have finals, and then it's Christmas. 
I think I can come out in an interview at the end of January. Because I also had a trip right after Christmas. I was going to Peru for a couple of weeks with one of my friends. That is insane. <laughs> Do not ever tell someone who wants to hire you that you think you can come out and interview in two months time. Uh, but thankfully, they were very gracious and they, for some reason, completely accepted that. So I had this interview scheduled for the end of January. So my sister got the dog from the shelter towards the middle to end of January, and I was interviewing in the end of January. Since I knew this interview was coming up, I kind of had this thought in the back of my head as I'm seeing all these pictures of this dog. I'm seeing these pictures and I'm hearing from my sister what an absolute nightmare she is. I'm hearing that she's super sweet. She is totally kind with strangers. She absolutely loves meeting people on the street. She doesn't pull, um, and she's just a real snuggler and a real lover, but... She's not capable of going up and down stairs, and mind you, my sister was living in a third-story apartment with her bedroom in a loft in that said apartment, and she was carrying this dog, about 65 pounds at the time, up and down these stairs every time she had to go to the bathroom or go anywhere because the dog was afraid of going up and down the stairs. The dog was out of control in the apartment. She was up on the couch. She would steal things. She stole and crushed up a metal bucket and hid it in the couch cushions. She was just a terror. She she would steal the kitchen towel constantly and my sister said, you know, I've got to get a crate for this dog because I can't I can't do anything for a moment and not be watching her. So, all these things known, I was thinking to myself, wow, this sounds like the perfect dog for me. Yeah, because I like to make my life harder. But there's this little thought thinking, hmm, I do have this job interview at the end of January, and if I were to get this job, it pays really well. You know, I could set up a whole life out there in Wisconsin, as much as that has never been my dream, you know, and I can totally make this work, and then maybe I could get this dog. The trick would be she would have to live with my sister in Austin, Texas until the summer when my sister came home to Virginia and then we would spend the summer together in Virginia and then I would go work at my job. It was a whole convoluted plan that made absolutely no sense. But I called my sister and I said, hey, I think I want you to hang on to that dog for me. And my sister said, well, I agree. <laughs> and I'm going to tell them I'm going to send in the application fee or the adoption fee and tell them that I'm keeping her. And I said, go ahead and do it. I'll pay for it. It was $75. My sister tried to send it in, and they said, don't worry about it. She's yours for free. So I got my $75 back, and I said, well, it's good that we've done this because now she's ours, and we don't have to worry about anyone trying to get her. But let's keep it on the down low because what I might do is if I don't get this job interview, I honestly can't take her, and you would probably need to go back to a foster at that point and then adopt her out. Lorelai already had a lot of interest from a German Shepherd uh, breed-specific rescue, which um, is kind of ironic given how I work with that sort of rescue now, but we were so dead against her going to them and because my sister wanted to have a hand in the actual family that she ended up with. So we both agreed that, all right, ideally I get this job and we try to make it work for the whole spring and summer, but if I don't get this job, then it's just not meant to be. And I remember being in the hotel. Um, they put me in a put me up in a hotel out in Madison. And I remember being in the hotel and thinking, "How is this going to work? You know, I'm just kind of going to leave this up to the universe. I really don't know what to do here." And I had a phone call to catch up with one of my friends, and I talked to her about it, and she said, "You know what? Just like you're saying, if it's meant to be, it'll be. If you are supposed to get this dog, you will get this job offer, and she'll be yours." So. I went into this interview weekend with a whole new attitude because the whole fall I'd been really not happy about the idea of a job search, not happy about the idea of becoming an adult, not being in college anymore because I absolutely love college. And, you know, like I said, I was thinking of living abroad or just kind of doing something not in my field, not in my area of interest, not furthering my career, just trying to just trying to bum around and be young and screw around for a little bit longer. But I went to this job interview like a career woman, like a real professional who was seeking, you know, a true 
career or whatever. I don't know. (laughs) But I worked really hard in the job interview. And I mean that sincerely. I really gave it my all 100%. And I came out of that weekend thinking, I might have done this. And this might be my new life up here. And I kind of hope it is because I really enjoyed Madison when I was visiting. And even though it was cold, the company was just so incredible and so beyond what I could have expected for myself. So my sister's calling me. She called me, especially after that weekend, after I've had this positive interview and I'm thinking, wow, I might be able to do this. I might be getting this dog. She was saying, she's too much for me. I can't do this. You know, I'm a D1 athlete. She's truly out of control. And I feel like I feel like I can't handle her. One of Lorelai's biggest problems at this time was her mouthiness. Um, She was extremely mouthy and she would bite you if you tried to move her when she didn't want to be moved. Uh, She would get up on the couch and not let anyone near it. And if someone got on it, she would just try to wrestle them and chew on them like a puppy playing on his playmates, basically. My sister had like no toys for her. She was using a grocery store basket as her chew toy. Um, And while she was great on the leash, there was an incident where she slipped out of her harness and my sister had to tackle her to the ground because she absolutely panicked and it was it was basically a case where my sister had the best of intentions and she really tried hard but she didn't have the time and she didn't have the patience and she was just feeling completely overwhelmed and she was saying even if you did get this job I can't keep this dog here with me all summer there's no way um, or all spring there's no way I can't handle it I don't have the time uh, Laurel I had learned stairs at this point thank God but it was a solid I mean it was more than a week that she couldn't do stairs. Um, and she struggled with eating at first as well. Uh, but thankfully, she was starting to grow her hair back and look a little bit less like a rat. <laughs> but my sister, um, yeah, she was just, she was so sweet and so patient in that time. But And she loved Lorelai. She really did. She really tried hard to provide her with a good home. But her exercise needs were just beyond what my sister could handle at the time. Um, so... About four, three or four days after my interview, uh, which really quick turnaround, the company called me and said, we can offer you a job, Um, which I was so overwhelmed by them saying that I couldn't even believe it. I accepted the job offer, um, mostly out of desperation and fear that I wouldn't get another one, especially not one as good. And also because I just really wanted this dog. After I accepted the job offer, I said, hey, my, to my sister, I was like, this dog's mine. She's coming home with me. And if it means that I have to drive out to Texas, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the time off school, and I'm going to drive out there. I'm going to sleep in my car, and I'm going to make it work, <laughs> which is absolutely crazy, and I do not recommend. But uh, I also hadn't spoken to my roommates by this time. So I spoke to all three of them, and... Thankfully, all three of them agreed that uh, I could have a dog for the couple months left that we had school, which to be fair, you know, this was end of January, early February, so it's just one more semester, but I will always be grateful to them for their patience at that time and the fact that they allowed me to get her because I definitely wouldn't have been able to get her without their consent. And like I mentioned, one of my roommates really, really didn't like dogs, um, And we were in kind of a tough spot in our relationship at that time. We'd been best friends all of college, but we'd been really growing apart that spring. So it was especially powerful and amazing and just evidence of the goodness of people and the universe working and in mysterious ways, really, that she agreed that I could have this dog here with me. And after that, I kind of sprang the news on my parents and my parents said, well, We're not surprised because we knew you and your sister were up to something. You always are. You're always scheming behind everyone's back, (laughs) which is not true. But there was an incident when we were in high school where we got a rabbit uh, that we were not allowed to get. (laughs) And uh, I'll tell I'll tell that story a different time. But my and I told them my plan of I'm going to drive, you know, the 20, 21, 22 hours to Austin and I'm going to do it Valentine's Day weekend and I'm going to sleep in my car because I can't afford a hotel and I'm going to go get this dog. And they said, uh, no, you're not. (laughs) Um, they didn't forbid me to do it, but my dad agreed to come with me, which 
is just an absolute testament to him and my parents and how supportive they are. And my dad rented a car for us. He got hotels for us on the way, Airbnbs and a hotel. And he drove with me 24 hours there and 24 hours back to Austin, Texas to pick up a dog that everyone said was out of control, was an absolute wrong fit for me and my lifestyle at the time. And uh, he drove with me all the way out there to get this dog. She was fantastic on the drive. Um, I, we didn't really spend any time in Austin beyond like a day to pick her up and come turn around and come home. So there's nothing much to say there, but what I did see of her, I felt was very promising. Uh, I didn't see any of her more wild side while we were there. That's for sure. There were a few moments while we were there that they were foreshadowing looking back. Um, they were foreshadowing some of the issues that we would have and that, um, I remember we were eating at this sort of outdoor It was like a lot where there were a bunch of food trucks all parked and she really, really wanted to get up and kind of explore, but we were sitting there and eating and she started to mouth my hand a lot, um, which was kind of an early uh, instance of what I tend to call tantrums, which is definitely humanizing her, but uh, just moments where she would feel frustration and she would just become very mouthy. And I saw also in my sister's apartment how she was truly, uh, she truly needed guidance um, at all times. She was always stealing the kitchen hand towel or stealing something out of the laundry or doing something like that just to get your attention and get you to pay attention to her. But we took off uh, on the drive home and we drove all the way back to Virginia. I had class on Monday and my mom... Uh, helped. Well, hold on, let me back up. When we got home to Virginia, we went straight to my parents' house before we went to my apartment uh, for college. My parents live outside of Charlottesville, Virginia, in a town called Crozet, and my apartment was in Charlottesville itself. So we stopped by my parents' house, and Lorelai was surprising everybody with her size and energy, and she, we tried hooking her up in the yard to this leash that one of, one of our dogs had used for, you know, 15 years or whatever before she passed away. And Lorelai chewed through it in about a second and escaped her first uh, off-leash escape, basically. Um, and my dad was just in absolute awe of how huge she was. My mom couldn't believe how huge she was. And everyone thought she was very sweet, but also um, was pretty alarmed at her size and energy and basically lack of focus at all (laughs) but uh, for the first day that I was back at class uh, back in my classes my mom actually helped sort of transition Lorelai into her new life Um, she hung out with her while I was in class kind of walked her around and uh, helped her settle into the apartment Um, Lorelai has always been really good about being in the crate Uh, that's never been a problem for her she's never really made any noise from in there or tried to get out Um, so that was never going to be a real problem while I was at class but what was going to be was a what was going to be a problem was exercising her because she just absolutely had so much energy and if she wasn't exhausted then she was stealing things throwing tantrums things like that so in the week, in the couple of weeks that followed, I set out in basically a quest to exhaust the stock, which looking back is pretty painful to say because as we'll talk about in future dog related episodes, the, the goal should never be to exhaust dogs. It should be to provide them structure and rules for how to be in the house. And if they're not meeting those expectations, create them. But at this time, my main goal for Lorelai was a dog that could always be out of the crate, could always be loose, could always be, you know, part of the family and part of my life and just a buddy for me, a dog that I wouldn't have to crate to keep control of, which is a tough, it's a tall order for a dog that young. At the time she was, we thought she was about nine months, but she was later DNA tested and we found out that she was about five months at the time. So she was quite young. Um, her behavior seems a little more reasonable and realistic with that in mind, but it was still really tough to deal with. Uh, within the first week that she was home, she stole and crunched up my MacBook Pro, the screen of it, which I had to have replaced, and 
was not really the best in my senior year of college. It wasn't the best for taking notes. And I just remember, I remember being in that moment when she did that to my computer and just looking at her and thinking, I, I, never, I never regretted getting her. I never regretted adopting her, not even, from, not even for a moment at all. But I remember thinking, what have I done? <laughs> Am I out of, my, out of my depth here? Do I not have experience to help this dog? You know, is this, is this going to be too much for me? How am I supposed to have a dog in my senior semester of college that I can't leave alone even for a minute unless I put her in the crate? And I feel like I'm not even getting what I want from her because I don't trust her off-leash. She's not joining me in these quests through the woods like I always imagined. And, you know, I can't snuggle with her at night because when I try to get us to go to sleep, she is just biting me and chewing on my arms and legs and trying to wrestle with me like... I'm a puppy and, you know, I just felt like I wasn't getting what I wanted from this relationship together. I felt like I couldn't trust her and it didn't feel like she really loved me or cared about me, which at that time, I really wanted a dog to be this amazing life partner that we could go on these off-leash journeys together. We could go on these hikes through the mountains and when we were home, we could snuggle and if I was studying, she would lay nicely at my feet. And that was just not this dog. It wasn't. I couldn't even eat a bowl of cereal in the morning before she would be stealing the kitchen towel and trying to get me to play. And she was just a lot. From the very beginning, she was a lot to handle. So I set out to try to exhaust her, as I mentioned. I took her to dog parks constantly. Um, I would seriously be at the dog park for two, sometimes even three hours at a time in an effort to exhaust her. At the time, she didn't know how to play fetch. She liked chasing other dogs who were chasing the ball, but she had no interest in doing it herself. And so I would just literally take her to Azalea Park in Charlottesville and sit there for two plus hours watching her run around with other dogs. At the time, she was very obsessed with barking at other dogs, trying to manage their behavior. She did not like it when dogs got too rough when they played. She especially didn't like it if a dog started to hump another dog. She would get upset and bark at them and try to get, try to bring the energy down in the group. So I was feeling like I didn't know how to stop her from doing that. I was also stressed out because once I was ready to leave the park, I couldn't catch her because she didn't want to be caught and she had no recall whatsoever. So that was basically where we were at. I was just trying to figure out how to tire this dog out and how to live life with her. In the first few weeks I had her, I noticed that she had some larvae in her, in her stool from some kind of worm, so I had to take her to the vet, and we figured out that she had tapeworms, um, and she had pretty mature tapeworms, mature enough that they were producing larvae, and uh, so she had to be treated for tapeworms, um, which was possibly why she was so skinny and so malnourished and was lacking so much hair. Uh, the, the notes from her adoption papers mention a lot of hair loss on her neck and ventrum, which I think is chest uh, in vet speak, but they noted it and they did a skin scrape and things like that, and, but couldn't figure out why exactly it was, so they kind of wrote it, wrote it up to stress, um, but I think it was probably nutrition, the tapeworm, and uh, things like that. I also at the time suspected that she might need to be grain-free, so I just went ahead and put her on Taste of the Wild kibble just in case. Um, and that seemed to help. So, like I said, I was just trying to exhaust her at the dog park. I was just trying to figure out how to get her to settle down when we were inside. And at this time, my senior semester, I pretty much only had classes on Mondays. Um, I had a very long day of classes on Monday. uh, Classes from about 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. at night, which my night class was from probably 6.30 to 10 and it was to get scuba certified. So it was a lot of fun, but I was gone off and on throughout the day, uh, basically from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. So that <laughs> that did not work for Lorelai. Um, on those nights in particular, she would really throw tantrums, uh, bite me a lot, and be very frustrated, very much not enough energy. But on the other days of the week, it was a little bit better because we would spend two or three hours at the dog park and kind of get those... Uh, get all her energy out and 
try to try to get her to be calm inside and I was getting some snuggles in um, at nighttime like I wanted to. So I really at this time got more into Lorelai's account. Uh, when my sister had started the account, she really, it was more of a joke. Um, it was a lot of her friends from school following it, a lot of other athletes, student athletes, and the captions were written in first person, like very sassy. Um, basically, how my sister kind of saw Lorelai. When I picked her up from Texas, my sister gave me control of the account, and I changed the name to Lorelai underscore GSD um, because we all thought she was a German Shepherd. Her, pa- her paper said German Shepherd mix, and we thought maybe she was a German Shepherd Belgian Malinois mix, but we weren't for sure. Uh, my, grand- or my mom said she was a Great Dane German Shepherd mix um, because she had such floppy like jowls and she was so large but uh, I didn't really think so but so I changed that name just to make it a little more professional and I started following a lot of accounts um, sort of adventure-based accounts and started learning more about dog gear uh, like the brands Roughwear and Kurgo in particular and I just started following a good amount of dogs that were sort of at the forefront of dog Instagram community at the time so that was really my focus I got Lorelai BarkBox, and I started, you know, ordering her food through Doctors Foster and Smith and was just trying to do all these things to make her life uh, better in, in whatever way I could. I was obviously dealing with her energy levels, and so I was starting to kind of dive into Instagram as a way to research what I could be doing, but it was also still largely for fun at that time. So Charlottesville had a snow. Uh, It was Lorelai's first snow that I'm aware of, and it was about March 21st of 2018, and Lorelai was featured for the first time um, by, like, a separate entity. Um, She was featured by Cavalier Daily, which is UV student newspaper, and the Scout Guide of Charlottesville as well. So I was really excited. And that's really when I started to realize how beautiful this dog was and how enchanting she was to other people. Um, so I started using my real camera more and trying to document our lives together a little bit better, a little more professionally. So the spring went on and I, as I mentioned before, I worked for a family that had a golden retriever, uh, Josie, and I started bringing Lorelai with me to work when I would nanny the kid, which they were totally okay with. And so Lorelai had a little bit of guidance and good behavior from Josie because Josie is a real sweetheart and loves me to absolute death. So that was positive to have Lorelai have that influence. And it also helped me to bring them both to the dog park because I was forever showing up at the dog park and freaking out because there were no other dogs there. And I didn't really know how to play with Lorelai at the time. So I, because she didn't know how to play fetch or she wasn't interested in chasing me or interacting with me or anything like that. So it was always good for me when I could bring Josie because I knew there would be at least one other dog there. The only trick was Josie loves me a lot. Um, so she didn't really want to play with Lorelai, which was a whole other issue. But anyway, uh, I started doing a lot of public access stuff with Lorelai, bringing her to stores, um, introducing her to environmental things. Uh, she was very nervous and afraid of statues or fake animals. Um, I remember I used to bring her to Dick's Sporting Goods a lot. And they would have the fake plastic animals for hunting, like foxes and turkeys and deer and things like that. And she was very afraid of them. So I just started really building her confidence. Um, We'd finally overcome the hesitancy hesitancy around stairs a good amount. But she was still lacking a lot of confidence, so I started working on that. Around this time, she learned how to play fetch. It's pretty unclear to me exactly how I was able to teach her how to play fetch. But it came largely from watching other dogs at the dog park play it. And I just started throwing the ball for her regardless of whether she cared to, the, to play or not. And she learned it. Our, relation, our relationship together really took a huge stride when she learned how to play fetch. I mean, seriously. She completely focused on me in a way that she never had before at the park. And she wasn't getting all of her gratification from other dogs like she was before. So I started to kind of learn. I think this is the big turning point of when I started to learn what I was doing wrong with this dog. So I started to introduce some structure. And by that I mean 
the the ball wasn't just thrown for no reason. The ball was thrown because she had sit. In the beginning, all she would do for the ball was sit. She didn't feel comfortable practicing any of her other behaviors. Um, by this time, she knew down, roll over, sit, and shake. And she wouldn't do anything else at the park other than sit for the ball because I think she was... I think she was nervous of other dogs. She has never liked to put herself in vulnerable positions around other dogs. So at that time, that's all she would do. But like I said, we were working on public access stuff. I was bringing her with to, with me to restaurants as much as I could and uh, just trying to really get her out into the world. Now that she knew how to play fetch, our relationship changed. It was way easier to tire her out. We only needed to be at the park for an hour or so and then we could leave. Uh, which was absolutely fantastic and a real game changer for me. I started to make friends at the dog park. Um, I'm hoping to have one of my dearest friends from the dog park, Roger. Um, I'll hopefully have him on in a future podcast. Um, he's an older, retired man, um, stock, old stock trader, I think, uh, in Charlottesville, who uh, now in his off time brings dogs to brings neighborhood dogs or people that he knows dogs out to play um, in different uh, different parks and different people's properties and things like that. But I started to learn a lot from him. And, you know, the weather was getting warmer, things were getting nicer, the spring was continuing, and Lorelai's and I, the relationship was just getting better and better. My photography was getting better and better, and everything was just really on a good path. Um, in the spring, Lorelai came with me to visit my friends at Virginia Tech, which was a huge, huge stride for us because it required her traveling. It required her to be good in her crate while we were gone, um, out doing things for the day. And there was a huge tailgate Saturday all day that she came with me to, with, or <laughs> that she came with me to, and she was just an absolute champ the entire day. She's always, always, always been friendly and so sweet with strangers, and it was no exception on that day. I mean, she just loved on everybody. She was everybody's favorite. Um, that's always been one of my real favorite things about her is just how absolutely sh sweet she is to everyone that she meets and everyone that she knows. So there's a caption on Lorelai's Instagram. Um, it's from April 23rd, 2018, and it says, She moves so much better now and is so ball-driven when we're at the dog park. When did that happen? She will sit or wait, she will sit and wait, or down and wait, which is so huge in moments of potential safety issues in the dog park. When new dogs come in, she comes sprinting to me because she knows I'll throw it for her to keep her away from the new dog until they're feeling more confident. So that issue really touches on a couple things, which the first thing being Lorelai was in really poor condition when she came to me and she just really lacked any muscle tone whatsoever and she was an extremely slow runner, you know, partially due to how young she was, but I think also due to the fact that whatever situation she'd been in before she came to me, she wasn't getting exercise. She also, um, we started really working on her, not anxiety, but her nervousness around other dogs and their behavior at the dog park because I was able to use fetch to redirect her from whatever she was fixating on. If she was fixating on other dogs playing and she was barking at them to calm them down, uh, which never worked, it just stirred them up the way that she would yell at them. So I was able to redirect her energy in that way. And she was also very intense when new dogs came into the park, not in an unfriendly way, but just in an overly curious way. And I thought it was always better to bring her away from that and so I was able to redirect her with the tennis ball like I was saying um so moving on towards the summer Lorelai got to swim a ton this summer which she absolutely loves swimming um I started taking her to Chris Green Lake Park in Charlottesville where she had an absolute blast and I started to realize that she might really enjoy dock diving um <laughs> she would just absolutely take a flying leap for the ball into the water uh so she's always, she's always been very, very good swimmer and very into that. We celebrated Lorelai's first birthday in uh, May of 2018, um, not realizing that we were actually wrong about her age and she was not turning one on May 15th as we thought, but she would actually be one around August 15th, uh, 2018. Um, the number 15 actually comes from her shelter intake date. 
Uh, she was taken into the shelter on January 15th of 2018. And so her expected birth date was backdated um, with that day being the day of the month. Um, she joined my family on our trip to watch my sister row in the Big 12s, um, Big 12 championships in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, which just like her trip to Virginia Tech was a huge, huge step for her in terms of learning how to settle in new environments and, um, you know, be, be on a trip somewhere, essentially. She was a dog that always struggled to settle down in any situation, especially when she was young. So it was so huge. It was so huge to be able to bring her on that trip. She's always been great in the car. She's always been great in public and very social. But I was very nervous about, um, you know, making sure she would go to bed at night and things like that. <laughs> the first night, I tried to keep her loose from her crate. Um, and she spent almost the entire night hunting crickets in the Airbnb. <laughs> so uh, we had to stop that. She's always loved, loved to eat bugs and uh, chase bugs. So that had to end. I graduated from college in May as well. Um, and we kind of started our summer together. Our whole summer was just uh, nannying that kid that I mentioned. That was my job. And um, so playing with him and his dog, uh, Josie, and just enjoying Virginia for the last little bit that we would be there. I had delayed my start date from May until August because I was hoping to work with Lorelai all summer. Everything was going really well, um, but that was with our current exercise schedule, which was a minimum hour and a half of pretty high-intensity cardio, playing fetch and things like that every day. And beyond that, she was joining me every moment of the day. She was coming with me to work. After work, when I came home, and I would go to a brewery with my family or, you know, we would do something like that. She would come with for that. So she was never really alone for much time at all. And I was sort of thinking like, wow, when I start this job in the fall, she's going to be home alone all day for five days out of the week. And when I, when I had, was still a student, um, like I mentioned, I did have that Monday where I was in class from like 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. And I would take her to daycare just on Mondays. Doggy daycares are a ton of money. Um, and I was sort of thinking about when I'm at, when I'm working, how, how often can I take her? Because for this to work, she's going to have to go every day and that's just not feasible. Um, and it wasn't feasible. It didn't happen. Um, but I was sort of starting to plan that and I was thinking I need to take this summer to work with her and work on getting her to settle in the house. Um, even when she hasn't had the exercise that she needs. And that was pretty much the only solution I could think of at the time was teaching her that. And I was just basically ignoring the problem um, until I could figure out a solution. So around May and June, early June, she started having a little bit of issues with reactivity, um, which I will talk about more in a future episode, I think. But I first noticed it at King Family Vineyards in Crozet, Virginia. We were walking by a group of people who also had a dog. And just out of nowhere, she lunged at them and started barking. Um, we were like 20 feet away, so she didn't even lunge very close. But it was, a, it was a complete shocker to me because she was always so sweet to strangers and she loved other dogs, so I had no idea why she'd be doing this. Um, and I learned a lot about reactivity in the time to come. But the main thing to say there is early June, basically when this whole reactivity thing started, that is when I dove big time into dog Instagram. And I started really learning about the community and really learning about people whose dogs had also struggled with similar issues, which in my time on the platform, I think that's what's been the most clear is that most people don't know that much about dogs or dog behavior or things like that. They just love their dog. Um, it's when they start to experience issues with their dog and they refuse to give up on their dog that they turn to the platform um, and the people who know so much on it. So that's when my community really started to grow on there. It's also worth mentioning that we did a minor brand deal with Kurgo, um, sort of brand ambassador deal during the spring. We got a bunch of products. Um, we had the Kurgo car harness, the loft jacket, a cooling jacket for the summer, which was very helpful. Um, a collar uh, and an adjustable leash and a treat pouch as well. 
I really enjoyed working with Kurgo, and they were absolutely sweet. Oh, we also got a backpack, a harness with a backpack, like uh, saddlebags attached to it. They were really sweet, and I really enjoyed taking the sponsored photos, but um, as I was kind of diving more into the Instagram community, I was finding a lot of working dogs accounts, um, in, in particular Fritter11, um, Frank Ritter, who has worked extensively with uh, police canines and has a, a Belgian Malinois and a Dutch Shepherd himself. So I was starting to get really into that uh, world. And anybody who's involved with the working dog community on Instagram knows about canine tactical gear. So I was sort of moving away from Kurgo and I appreciated their products, but I was sort of seeing Lorelai's, not her style because she's a dog and that's completely inappropriate, but I was sort of seeing... I was sort of seeing our future and the products I wanted to support as being more in line with Canine Tactical Gear and what they were creating. So um, I think it was early June that we, or it was late June, about June 20th, that we got uh, our first Canine Tactical Gear uh, in the form of an Elite Series leash uh, with the frog snap in forefoot uh, and print Cryptic Nomad with pink uh, embroidery. And we got our first tattoo collar and coyote brown with a coyote brown patch with hot pink lettering that said Lorelei. So we got those products and uh, I felt really good about the quality. Um, they were super heavy duty. I've just never liked, I never really had an opinion, but once I got Lorelei, I started moving away from all the silly things about dogs. I started seeing all that as very frustrating and not helpful to what, what was important to be accomplished with dogs. I had a really intense dog, um, and she made me really intense about dogs, if that makes any sense. I started thinking about other people getting Lorelai and what it would be like for them to own her, and how many people in the world would have given up on her, or seen her as too much, or especially with her mouthiness. Um, this breed is not for everybody, and yet German Shepherds are the third most popular breed in the United States, which absolutely takes my breath away because probably, you know, six to seven percent of the people in my life are capable of handling your average well-bred German Shepherd. That is not, <laughs> that is not reflected in the number of people that have them. So I started to get really passionate about the breed and about working dogs in general and how people get these dogs that they are not meant to have uh, because they look cool or whatever. So, and I started to think about myself, you know, why did I get this dog? Why did I get a German Shepherd? Who am I to have gotten one? I certainly didn't have the experience. What I did have was the willingness to learn, and I think that's what carried us through. It's worth mentioning that the entire summer I was essentially getting us ready to say goodbye to Virginia which anybody that knows me knows that I have an absolute love affair with Charlottesville. I think it's maybe the best city on earth. It's one of the most beautiful counties on earth, that's for sure. And I was having a really tough time coming, coming to terms with the fact that we would be leaving and moving to Wisconsin. Um, it was definitely not the future I envisioned for myself, but I was starting to also get a little excited. Um, I was just starting to think about what this new chapter of our lives would look, for, look like for us. Um, it was important to me that Lorelai see the ocean before we moved up to Wisconsin, so I tried to arrange um, some friends to come with me on a road trip down to North Carolina to the Outer Banks uh, for a weekend, but uh, no one could really come because I planned it on a couple days short notice. So I ended up driving down with Lorelai to North Carolina. We stayed in Nags Head, and uh, we spent we spent a few days there together and again, super transformative for our relationship. Um, staying in a tent with a dog that, you know, only a couple months prior couldn't, I couldn't even get her to come, come with me, you know, when I was trying to leave the dog park. So it was just a huge step for us that I tried to sleep with her in a tent and she actually did great. Um, there was a super severe weather thunderstorm one of the nights we were there and she was still just an absolute angel in the tent. Um, so I was very proud of her after that, and I'll always remember that weekend because it was just absolutely so hot. It was probably 100, 105 degrees at least with 100% humidity and just absolutely no relief from this relenting heat because we were actually, yeah, we were staying in a tent. Uh, we were camping, so I just remember laying in the center of the tent 
um, just without even any clothes on, just sweating and gasping, and Lorelai wouldn't stop panting the whole weekend, and I cherished going to the grocery, or going to the gas station to get ice for our cooler, because it meant I could be in the car's air conditioning for a few minutes, um, but Lorelai loved the ocean, and she loved digging in the sand, and it was just absolutely fantastic, um, I had been working on her reactivity up to that point, and I've been working on it with primarily positive-only training methods just because I didn't know any better. Um, I was trying to redirect her by asking her for sits and downs and things like that, and she just wasn't really interested. Um, I'd been trying to work with her with treats to give her treats to distract her from other dogs and try to get her to focus on me, and that wasn't really working either. My mom was being an absolute champ and helping when... She took Lorelai out for walks, but things were just not things were just not going the way I wanted them to go. Um, and like I said, I've been researching on Instagram as to what I could change uh, in our relationship, and I came to the conclusion that an e collar would be best for us. So I ordered a mini educator e collar uh, after researching the various different brands. And I started watching Larry Crone's videos on e-collar conditioning and really focusing on how I'd be teaching her about the e-collar once we got it. I was incredibly embarrassed about the e-collar when we first got it. Not, not embarrassed to show it to my dog Instagram community, which by this time I'd sort of unfollowed all the pupper, doggo, woofer sort of accounts. Um, and I'd moved on to more working dogs accounts and I knew that, I knew that my decision would be at least respected, if not supported. Um, so I wasn't afraid there, but I was afraid in my family just because, you know, before, prior to getting this dog, I didn't know anything about e-collars either. And if you had asked me if I would ever use e-collar on my dog, you know, the past me who was envisioning this off-leash lassie of a dog following me devotedly over field and stream, you know, never questioning my commands and all of these things... I would have said no, you know, an e-collar is probably inhumane, but once I started researching, I just completely, completely understood how wrong I was, so I got the collar, and I prepared to talk to my family about it. I brought it with us on our family vacation to Acadia National Park. Um, We had rented a cabin up there, and we drove up with my family up to Maine, and that was an absolute blast, Uh, but the e-collar was a little bit of a stowaway, and... I uh, I started conditioning her with it, and I just kind of took it out around them and kind of didn't say anything, um, and once they questioned me a little bit, I explained it, and they moved on. It was not a big deal. I just made it a big deal in my head, of course, like I do with everything, but the Acadia trip was fantastic. Um, there's a few moments that really stuck out, though. Obviously, we were still working on Lorelai's re- leash reactivity, and Acadia was tough because when we passed other dogs in close quarters on the trails, it was tough to keep her from exploding. And I can't even really put words to how embarrassed I was when she did that. Just with all of the effort I'd put into her and all the work I'd been trying, trying to accomplish with her, I was just so stressed out by the fact that I couldn't figure out why my dog was reacting to other dogs this way. And um, so I carried a lot of stress with me about that. Also... I remember one day in particular, my whole family was sort of walking up ahead on the trail, but my mom was back with me, and Lorelai was just pulling to get up near them, um, which she was never a dog that would pull. She always was so comfortable loose-leash walking, Um, and I just remember getting so, so frustrated with her for pulling. You know, does this dog not understand that I've spent months, you know, putting this work into her and making sure she's fulfilled and researching these things for her and I just got completely irrationally frustrated and kind of had to take a break Um, and I think I mean if I look back on the first probably six months of having Lorelai that was the that was the first time I really lost my patience Um, and it was not a fair time to lose my patience but I just started to get so stressed out because I just didn't see a way where things would get better I didn't understand how I could fix this reactivity and it felt like this dog was just always going to be on a leash by me, you know, either pulling or reacting to other dogs, which sounds intense, and it was, and it sounds not realistic, and it wasn't. So we started e-collar conditioning. After our trip to Acadia, uh, we actually went to Michigan to see family and um, 
to just do things like that. Uh, it's not exactly important, but this Michigan trip was another opportunity for me to work on Lorelei off-leash. And Lorelei started to be off-leash. I kept her on a drag line, but with the e-collar and our work with the e-collar, uh, we just made these strides fast. I mean fast. I could finally, finally trust this dog off-leash. And I think that was when our relationship really changed uh, for the better as well. Because her, she was easier to exercise. She was paying attention to me for once. It was like I'd been speaking. There's that expression. Um, the I see through a glass darkly or we see through a glass darkly expression. And it was like she was hearing me through a glass darkly, basically. But when I got this e-collar and I started working on the conditioning with her and I started watching these videos and engaging in, you know, uh, balance training and listening to balance training podcasts and just really exploring the world of dog training and figuring all this stuff out, it was like we were finally hearing each other um, and I could finally have her off leash. And that's where things really, really, really changed. Um, So we continued throughout the summer doing what we've been doing. You know, I was exercising her and just preparing for our move to Wisconsin. When we moved up to Madison, um, or when I moved up to Madison with the dog, we drove there, obviously, because of her, and also just because I would bought a new car and had all my things with me. Uh, my mom actually drove behind us driving the U-Hauls, like a 21-foot U-Haul or something ridiculous, and I was driving my car. Um, I, wanted, I wanted my mom to drive my car, and I'll drive the U-Haul because... I just thought that must suck so bad to drive that truck the whole way and I'll, I'll do it so she doesn't have to do that. I'm so grateful that she's helping me move. But she insisted I drive my new car because um, she was like, well, it's your, it's, you know, it's your new car and you're, you're road tripping to your new, your new home, your new life and all these things, <laughs> which I just thought was so sweet. And uh, my mom isn't someone who's like always cinematic minded or whatever, always doing, trying to do like the cool thing. So I thought that was so cool that she... Uh, that she was thinking like that and that she wanted me to do that but we got to we got to Madison um we spent me and Lorelai spent like two weeks pretty much collecting ourselves and at that time I just was not on dog Instagram at all um I was really focusing in on us and our relationship um trying to figure out how this was going to work with me working full-time how I was going to be able to exercise her and uh stay sane basically uh, I very quickly found a park near my apartment, Quan Park, which is absolutely massive and has, it is the biggest off-leash dog, or it was the biggest off-leash dog park I'd ever seen up to that point. And when I let her into that park, my heart was in my throat because by this time I'd actually educated myself on dog parks and their dangers um, and was now sort of forming my crazy dog opinion lady um, sort of ideas about everything and I, I had no interest in ever returning to a dog park like I'd spent so much time with her in in the spring um, but this place was so huge with these trails going through this huge field that I thought well let's try it and I remember letting her loose in there which she did have her e-collar on but I mean if she wanted to take off there would be no getting her back for hours if she didn't want to come back because there was no catching your dog if you let them into this park and I let her off leash and she stayed right by me and she did great check-ins she called every time I call I tried to recall her um and it was just it was it was pretty emotional for me if I'm going to be honest because here I was finally walking through the fields with my dog off leash next to me and I just felt like we were finally doing what I'd been working on us doing together this entire time. And it was just, it was just incredible. So our lives in Madison began. Um, I began to dive full force into the dog Instagram community. Uh, after, you know, after, after the whole summer being so busy and everything, there were obviously a few weeks of, uh, adjusting to working full-time and realizing how much time I had now to be on my phone and things like that. It's not like in college. People aren't 
you know, always wanting to hang out with you and things like that. Uh, so I was just getting into this new life and our new groove together and learning in new ways to exercise her. And she was learning to down for the ball. She was learning to spin for the ball. She was learning sit pretty, um, unassisted, which took her a very long time to learn. Um, and we were just sort of, we were just sort of finding our new groove together in this new state. And that's where I'm going to leave the story of getting Lorelai for now. Um, just because as I'm starting this podcast, yes, we moved to Madison in August and I've left you all hanging there in August, but, um, I think I'll talk more about our current lives together, my current sort of dog opinions, dog training, dog philosophies, and things like that in a future podcast, um, in a future episode of this podcast. There will be one episode where I go through the letter that I give my foster dog um, adoptees, which, yes, I've hinted that a couple times, but I do foster dogs now, German Shepherds, uh, through White Paws German Shepherd Rescue. But there's all kinds of future episodes I have planned, and I'm sure my, my uh, dog Instagram friends are hoping this is going to be a dog training podcast. It is not going to be that. Uh, I don't know how to describe this podcast other than saying it's going to be a life podcast. It's going to be about my life. It's going to be about my dog's life. It's going to be about my relatives' lives and what they've been like before me and what they are like now. Um, it's going to be about people that I love. Uh, people that inspire me. I hope to have some bigger accounts on here for maybe an interview. Um, it's going to be about stories and growing and things like that. And I'm hopefully going to have some of my delightful coworker, new guy friends from up here on to talk about themselves and what they were doing before I met them. And I just have such a vision for this. It's, it's definitely outside of my comfort zone. I'm a little nervous about doing it, but I just feel like there are so many stories that I want to share and there are so many stories I want to hear and there are just so many things I want to share with you all. And as much as I try to make it so, an Instagram caption is not the best format for a long format storytelling. So um, yeah, until next time. I'm not sure what the outro will be, but <laughs> thank you all for listening to so much and uh, yeah, at Lorelai underscore GST.